Hey everybody, how are you on this beautiful Wednesday morning? Thank you so much for tuning in with me here on IGTV or if you're listening later on the podcast and welcome back to the Keto Fit Weight Loss Coaching for Women. I'm your coach Jess and I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. So this morning I want to be chatting with you guys on the topic of emotional eating I did do um, an episode maybe a couple weeks back about what I do when I emotionally eat or um, four four steps to bounce back after you have emotionally ate, right? And so I still emotionally eat from time to time, as does every human being alive. It is normal. It is a valid coping mechanism, but of course it is a spectrum of how maladaptive this is to your life and or to your goals. And so I want to do a follow-up episode because I kind of left off, and I'll recap for you guys, I left off on this idea of making a plan for the next time that you feel that way, the next time that you have a desire to emotionally eat. So let me walk you guys through a quick recap of what we talked about last time. So four bounce back steps for emotionally eating. So after you have realized like, okay, yep, that was definitely me self-soothing with food once again, um, I've made a little pact with myself that I never let myself go more than 24 hours without taking some time for reflection and to try to bounce back from that. Because if I don't, then chances are I'm probably going to do it again the next night and the next night and the next night because I haven't gotten to the root of the problem, which is the reason why I am self soothing with food. So the first thing that I do is I treat myself with compassion. I talk to myself like I would to a friend. The second thing that I do is I try to identify the trigger. What was the actual negative emotion that I was feeling and that I was trying to soothe or to numb? The third thing that I do is I ask myself, what did I really need in that moment? Because usually we don't actually need food in that moment. Like we weren't eating out of really truly being hungry. We were eating to self-soothe and to make ourselves feel better. So food is just a substitute in that case. So I try to ask myself, wait a minute, what did I actually need to feel better in that situation? And then the fourth thing that I do is I try to make a plan for the next time that I feel that way. And I mentioned on my last episode about this is that actually, usually this does involve what am I going to eat the next time that I want to emotionally eat? Because it's a very strong pull and it's kind of unrealistic to just say, well, I'm just going to call a friend or I'm just going to take a bubble bath or I'm just going to take a walk around the block because that pull is so strong and it's such a familiar thing that we keep repeating over and over again that our brain is going to compel us to do it. But we can try to make a healthier choice. If we're going to self-soothe with food, we might as well eat food that actually makes our body feel good as opposed to will make us feel worse, right? So kind of um, piggybacking off of that, making a plan for the future is something that's really important. And one thing that I didn't talk about the last time, but that I want to talk about today is that how do I reduce my emotional eating for the future? Okay, well, what was the emotion that I was really feeling? A lot of times, and I feel these things, and this comes up commonly with my clients, but anger or sometimes we say some variation of anger uh, because anger feels too difficult to say. Um, I felt hurt. I felt um, frustrated. I felt uh, resentful. I felt taken advantage of. These things all um, relate to anger. I felt guilty um, that I wasn't doing enough or I felt guilty that I wasn't doing what I said I was going to do because I did something for somebody else. 
I just feel exhausted. I'm so burnt out. I'm taking on way too much. I, I know that I'm doing more than I should because I'm trying to people please and I feel obligated or I can't say no or whatever that might be. Um, I feel anxious. I've just got so much going on. I feel so overwhelmed. I'm worried about this particular thing in the future. How is this person going to respond to me? What's going to happen at work? Um, I feel personally rejected. Something happened that really hurt me or that person said something to me that um, really made me feel like, oh, are we even okay anymore? Like I got an email from my boss. What does this mean? Uh, you know, they want me to redo the report. Oh, I suck at my job. I shouldn't even be doing this in the first place or whatever it might be. But the underlying emotions that we're trying to solve um, when we're when we're self-soothing with food is something that's really important to pay attention to because if we can uh, reduce these negative emotions, then we would reduce emotional eating. You following with me? So how can we reduce these negative emotions is by doing everything within our control not to put ourselves into situations where we continue to feel this way over and over again. And this is called boundaries. So today I wanna to talk about how I reduced my emotional eating by setting up boundaries. And this has a lot to do with that um, you know, fourth step that I talked about last time about making a plan for the future. So I think the last time, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to go listen to that episode, I was talking about a specific incident that I had where I did emotionally eat because I had an interchange with a person and it made me feel very angry about what this person was talking about. It really tr triggered some um, feelings that I have struggled with my whole life in terms of perfection. Um, and it made me um, really just get inside my own head and that was not his fault, didn't really have anything to do with him. Yet the way that he sees the world and the way that he defends the world with this particular worldview is very much at odds with my own worldview. And I felt um, a lot of childhood things come up where I felt unsafe, where I felt a lot of pressure, where I felt a lot of anger, um, so on and so forth. And so I did realize what I really needed in the moment and I tried to make a plan for the next time, but also, I realized I needed to set some boundaries with this person because I'm not gonna change him and he's definitely not gonna change me. And so how can I prevent that feeling uh, from happening in the future of feeling like where I'm not safe, where I'm not heard, um, where I'm not valued, all of these things. So boundaries has a lot to do with it. So I did, I'm not gonna tell you the exact boundaries that I decided to set up, but I definitely did decide to set up some boundaries in my relationship with this person. So what is a boundary? A boundary is a protective tool, right? A boundary is meant to keep us safe. But at the same time, I don't only want to say just that because the goal of life is not just to be safe. The goal of life is also to be able to enjoy your life, right? So a, a boundary is also a tool that helps you to enjoy your life more while mitigating the risks that might come along with just living life, right? So imagine, you know, wearing your seatbelt is a boundary. Right? So in order for you to drive in a car and get somewhere much faster than walking, which elevates your life and helps you to enjoy your life more because now you have more time, now you can go other places that you would never normally be able to go when you're walking on foot. But part of the rules of engagement of driving in a car is to have that boundary of wearing a seatbelt. So it keeps you safe, but it also does improve the quality of your life so much more. I hope that little analogy makes sense. So a lot of times we don't value, you know, our own um, enjoyment of life. So 
but we should, right? But if nothing else, it's our job to keep ourselves safe because nobody else is going to do that for you, unfortunately. Um, so boundaries are something that's really, really necessary. And a lot of us fail to do it because we have some limiting beliefs surrounding boundaries. And so today I want to do a short little episode just as an introduction to boundaries and how it helped me to reduce my emotional eating by actually setting up boundaries in my life. And then over the next several weeks, I want to talk about some of these limiting mindsets. Uh, Reasons why we don't set up boundaries is because we believe this thing that is not true and is holding us back, right? So we'll talk through some of those in the next couple of weeks. But for today, I want to focus on kind of explaining what boundaries are and what they're not. And so um, a boundary, I heard this is a great um, thing that really stood out to me and I can't remember where I heard it from. So I apologize for not giving credit to the person who ever said this, but I hope it sticks with you like it has stuck with me. So it says this, it says a boundary allows me to love both you and me. So a boundary is not about punishing somebody else. Actually, it is about helping you to love them more while also not failing to love yourself. And these two things are not mutually exclusive. The more that you are able to keep yourself safe and loved, the better that you can show up for the people in your life who you do love. And it really destroys the quality of relationships to fail to set up boundaries because all that it does is Uh, really produces a lot of resentment internally. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. We are probably doing a lot of things in our relationships that we don't actually want to do. We feel obligated to do because we are afraid. And so that is not true intimacy. Fear and love cannot coexist at the same time. But a lot of us are operating mainly out of fear within our relationships. And that is not authentic. That is not true intimacy. So it actually helps you to love people more to set up boundaries and to be honest with yourself about what you want to do and what you don't want to do so that you are actually feeling loved as well, both by yourself and by the other person and vice versa. So it's very, really, really important to set up boundaries in your relationships with others. So a boundary, again, it's a tool for to increase your feelings of safety and also to increase your feelings of enjoyment in your own life. It is a tool that actually increases love, like real authentic um, love in relationships. And it's definitely not a punishment to other people. Um, and so boundaries is basically the rules of engagement in any relationship. So, and this can actually be changed at any time. And I want you to let that sink in. So in in every relationship, there are terms, there are rules of engagement. And a lot of times these are just implicit. They are understood. They are things that we have implicitly agreed to because we might never have explicitly talked about it, but you just kind of understand, oh, that's just how me and my mom are. Or, oh, that's just how me and my sister are. Or I don't care if it's your spouse, um, your sister, your best friend that you've been friends with since you were five years old. There are terms in the relationship that you both are playing by and these can be renegotiated at any time. We don't believe that a lot of times, but it really is possible. All you have to do is bring it up and it's difficult. It really is difficult, right? Um, But it's possible and it's possible to improve the quality of your relationships and your personal life to feel safer and to feel like you're enjoying your life a lot more because you're not just doing a bunch of crap that you don't wanna do 
and feeling taken advantage of and feeling angry and feeling resentful and feeling guilty. And then at the end of the day, feeling so exhausted and so overwhelmed with all these emotions that you're not actually being honest with yourself about or honest with anybody else about that now you're self-soothing with food. And we're stuck in this cycle day after day after day. And until we change those things, we're going to find a coping mechanism. And usually it's food because that's the thing that's most familiar to us. It's the thing that's worked for us our whole lives. And so this is what I had to do with myself. And this is the the kind of things that I talk about with my clients to be able to actually get to the root of it and to make forward moving progress. So again, a boundary is about the rules of engagement between you know me and you, any relationship whatsoever, and it can be renegotiated at any time. So um, I'll give you guys an analogy that I heard from, uh, this was from Donald Miller. I actually do remember where I heard this analogy. So Donald Miller um, in his book, um, So Close, Scary Close, Scary Close, that's what it is. And it's a fantastic book if you have a chance to pick it up. A lot of people uh, know him from uh, Building a Story Brand or maybe like way back in the day, Blue Like Jazz. Uh, He's a fantastic writer. Um, And so he was sharing in this uh, book about how he learned about boundaries was an illustration that somebody gave him and it was talking about relationships. And so imagine that, um, you know, here's you and here's the other person. And then in the space in between you, I want you to imagine a pillow on the floor. And so the pillow is your relationship. So there's you, there's the other person, and then there's your relationship, which we're going to imagine as a pillow on the floor. So I can't change you. You can't change me. And in fact, when we try to change each other, that is not love. But there is still a relationship between us and we can both make requests about what happens on the pillow. So I can't ask you to change. You can't ask me to change. And this is why relationships, we butt heads so much because we're trying to change each other. But if we think about making requests about what happens on the pillow, the space in between us, that is about boundaries. And so I can't ask my husband to eat keto with me. I mean, I I could, but I'm not going to change him, right? So he doesn't want to eat keto. I eat keto. Um, At first, yeah, it definitely was I wanted to change him and he wanted to change me. He didn't want me to be eating keto. It was annoying him, you know, whatever it might be. So I'm just using a a, a nutrition example because I know a lot of people tune in with me to talk about keto. Um, so, but the space in between us is the relationship. So I can't say, you know what, babe, every time you eat carbs in front of me, it really tempts me. So I'm going to need you to stop eating carbs. I cannot do that. And that's not reasonable. Um, that's not love. That's trying to change another person. But what I can say is, can you please stop offering me carbs? Okay, because that has to do with the relationship in between us. That has to do with what he says to me, um, how we interact with each other. And so at a certain point, I did have to ask him to do that. Like every time, can you please stop offering me carbs? Because every time you do that, um, it makes it more difficult for me. And then he can say, yes, I can certainly do that. Um, So, and that was something that was reasonable. And that was a boundary that we set up in our relationship. So Again, you can't ask a person to, you know, completely change their whole life to accommodate you. That's not love. But you can definitely make requests about what happens in the space in between you. Um, And then a boundary. Also, I want to make this um, more empowering to think about, like, I can't make somebody else respect my boundaries. 
I can't, what if my husband were to say, no, I'm going to keep offering you carbs every single day for the rest of your life. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty unreasonable, but he, he could just be like, no, I don't want to. Right. And so he has the right to do that because there's two people in this relationship and there's the space in between us. And so then what you can do is you can, your rules of engagement will be, okay, thank you. Um, for at least hearing me and for giving me your answer. But um, this is a boundary for me. And if you do not um, want to respect my boundary, then I am going to disengage. So if, if um, you know, my husband says, no, I'm, I'm just going to keep offering you carbs every day. I'm just going to put it in front of your face and say, oh, here, do you want some? I could say, okay, well, if you are not going to respect my boundary, I'm going to leave the room. Um, when that happens. So obviously this is a really weird, you know, <laughs> oversimplified example, but what you can do is if somebody is choosing not to respect your boundary, then you can choose to disengage to create some space of safety. Because remember, your safety is your number one concern. So again, you know, I'll use another example of, of um, me and my husband. So when we first got married, obviously, um, this was a long time ago, I've been married for 16 years. So we were babies when we first got married pretty immature. And one of the things that my husband would do when we would get into fights, and again, I'm not perfect. I'm just, and he would feel totally fine with me sharing this with you. We've come a long way. But when we would get um, into a fight with each other, he would use um, name calling. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say what they were, but obviously this is a very childish, immature thing to do. It is a um, power grab where we try to make ourselves feel more powerful by making ourselves bigger, a little bit scarier by using intimidating or, you know, violent language. Um, and I don't mean violent like he was saying that he was going to, you know, be violent towards me, but I mean violent language in the sense that it is hurtful. There's no reason for it. You don't need to actually say that to get your point across and so on and so forth. And so I would have to say, you know, when we're in an argument, um, I'm going to need you to not use uh, words where you're calling me names. Let's not make it personal. Let's just keep it about, you know, whatever is the behavior that you're upset with me about and, and make a request of me to change. And that's what I'll do with you as well. So it took some time, but over time we have been able to get to that boundary now exists in our relationship. And it's because I had to ask for it. He's not just going to magically one day be like, you know what? I, I'm just going to give up this thing that I've been doing my whole life that's normal for me, right? You ha you're the one that has to protect yourself. And you're the one that needs to make those requests about what happens um, on the pillow in the space in between you guys. So... This is, I'm just going to wrap it up for today because I do want to list, you know, several reasons why we fail to set boundaries in the future and really start to unpack some of those mindset things. But the thing that I want to get um, across the most today is that if you want to reduce your emotional eating, uh, I won't say stop because I think that's kind of unrealistic, but we can definitely greatly reduce your emotional eating. And what that's going to require of you is to get in touch with the emotions that you're commonly trying to self-soothe and to have a little moment of reflection with yourself to say, okay, is there anything that I can do so that I'm not feeling these emotions constantly so much? We, we have these patterns, these thoughts and feelings that we feel over and over and over and over again. And so again, you know, maybe for you it's anger, resentment, feeling exhausted, feeling guilty, feeling afraid of rejection, um, you know, whatever it might be. And ask yourself, okay, well, what are the situations that are making me feel this way all the time? And can I set a boundary? Can I make a request in this relationship that will reduce me feeling this way? Um, we have a lot more power and a lot more agency than we are willing to give ourselves credit for. And again, remember, you know, it's your job to take care of yourself. Nobody else is going to come to your rescue. Nobody else is going to come take care of you. And I don't mean for that to sound disempowering. I actually mean for that to sound really empowering. Um, 
really quick, uh, one of my favorite movies ever is the movie The Holiday with Kate Winslet. Um, and it's also got um, Cameron Diaz, Jack Black, and um, okay. Well, anyway, I, I bet you a lot of people remember this movie. I watch it every Christmas. It's my favorite. And so Kate Winslet, you know, her character is basically really disempowered, has no boundaries set up in her life with this man that she is, you know, in love with, but now he's going to go marry somebody else. She basically like has no boundaries with him just whenever he wants to come knock on her door. You know, she's just like, okay, you know, she's like desperate and, and weak and, um, you know, she's miserable because of it basically. And so she ends up, you know, going to LA on this little trip and meets this wonderful old man, Arthur, who lives next door and they're out to dinner one night. And Arthur used to work in the film industry. And so he looks at her and he's like, you know, you are a leading lady, but you're acting like the best friend. So it's this common thing that you see in movies, you know, there's always the leading lady and then there's the little sidekick best friend that just like has no agenda that basically just exists on the side for, you know, this other person's benefit or whatever, right? But remember, you are the uh, hero in your story. You are the protagonist. If you're a female, you are the leading lady of your life, but you're acting like the best friend. It's time for you to, you know, step up and be like, this is my life. You know, like, what am I, I want to get to the end of my life and realize that I was true to myself, that I, I didn't live a life full of regrets, just catering to everybody else, being the best friend, being the sidekick, being the showpiece or whatever it might be, um, that I actually was the hero of my own story, that I enjoyed my life, that I took care of myself, that I set boundaries so that I could be safe and enjoy my life to the fullest. And, you know, that is, that is what it's all about. And so this is what I love to do with my clients is it's not just about losing the weight. It's about so much more than that. Um, you know, we, we're really hiding from our lives. We're hiding from our own potential. One of the biggest reasons why we lack confidence sometimes is because we, or at least we think it's because of our physical appearance. And so that is important. But a lot of the reasons why we also lack confidence is because we've just never, never sat in the driver's seat of our own lives. You know, we've just always been content to sit in the passenger seat, letting somebody else tell us what to do with our lives. And it's very disempowering. And so I love to do this with my clients is to move. I, I see women transform all the time from feeling completely disempowered to empowered, from feeling completely stuck just because we're believing these things that aren't true into experiencing true freedom and really enjoying their lives and setting a big vision for their future and systematically setting goals to see it happen because now you believe that you can do it. And most of all, you believe that you are deserving of it, that you're worthy of it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in with me this morning. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about some of the mindsets um, that are holding us back from actually setting boundaries in our lives. So I hope you'll tune in with me again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. or uh, listen to the podcast playback whenever you have a chance. Um, it is called the Self Care Keto Podcast, and that's wherever you listen to your podcasts. And again, remember that my name is Jess, and I am a keto coach for women. I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self care mindset. And uh, I do coaching one on one with women, women, and I do have availabilities right now. If you are interested in talking about that, I offer a completely free uh, curiosity call. It would take about 20 to 30 minutes over the phone, 
and we could talk about what you're struggling with, talk about your goals, see how we can um, work together to help you achieve those things. And also, even if you um, you know don't want to move forward with coaching, you would just get some free um, keto advice, you know, customized to you because I know that it's so overwhelming out there. There's a lot of information. Um, you know, it can be really confusing with macros and dirty keto and clean keto and you know net carbs or total carbs. There's there's so many different things out there, right? So I would love to just provide you with some free answers, some free advice, and really bless you with that. So if you'd like to set up a curiosity call, all that you need to do is reach out to me. Um, or if you just have any questions about what we've talked about today or any questions about keto, you can reach out to me over Instagram or Facebook. I'm at the keto fit and you can send me a direct message. Or if you're listening to the podcast later and you don't have social media, you can send me an email to the keto fit at gmail.com. And I would love to talk with you. I would love to come alongside of you in your journey. And, um, you know, regardless of the level that we interact, I'm here to provide free, helpful content for you guys um, on social media and on the podcast. And if there's anything that you'd like me to do um, a video or an episode about, you know, definitely um, send me send me a line and let me know what that is, because my mission is to just help you however I can um, in your weight loss journey and also in your journey of um, living your best life and becoming, um, fully who you are. Thank you guys again. Take care. Have a great week.